Hello and welcome to an education series within palliative care conversations. I am uh, Dr. Sean Gallard. I am an academic internal medicine trainee here in Wales and honorary lecturer at Cardiff University. And I am here today with Dr. Fiona Rawlinson, reader and programme director at Cardiff University and consultant in palliative medicine. Hello. Great. Hi, Sean. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today with me. That's cool. That's cool. So we are going to be having a little chat today about um, what you've been going through this year with transitioning a programme online. Yeah, well, quite. Well, where, where do we start, really? I think it's um, I think we probably start from just a feeling within the team. So mm. I'm a postgraduate palliative medicine for healthcare professionals programme from Cardiff University. Great. Um, and we start each year. It's a blended learning course. Yeah. 30 years old. Uh, started the diploma in palliative medicine and then had an MSE and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And we start each year with three days in year one and year two and five days in year three of face-to-face -face teaching in Cardiff because it's an international course, but for the rest of the year, it's distance learning. And we've just felt over the years that bringing people to Cardiff, you get to know the people in your year. There's a bit of peer support. We do, we, do, we have been doing lots of sort of peer learning activities. Mm. So workshops, discussions, debates, and of course, communication skills. Yeah. So when the COVID pandemic started, so sort of March, April, May time, everybody was just heads down getting on with the work, mm. but a little bit of anxiousness about would we, would people be able to travel? Of course. And actually then we got to June and thought, we, you know, A, the pandemic is flattening a bit in some parts of the world, not in India. Mm. Lots of our students are. So actually it became clear that what, whatever the restrictions were, there would be some people who could not come to Cardiff. So I think our first thought then was to think, right, where does the face-to-face -face teaching fit in, in the overall design of the course? And how do we then replicate what goes, what's been going on face-to-face -face in a virtual environment? And then there was that, okay, but are we going to be using the best educational initiatives, if you like, the best pedagogy, the best way of teaching things online? How does that all work? So there was a, a time, sort of June or July time, where we had many, many, many discussions and thoughts about what we would be needing to do mm. in the context of the pandemic kind of still going on, really. Um, mm. Yeah. So moving, moving on from that, um, can you talk me through what you what you needed to do? Yeah, it and and in fact it breaks down to, it breaks down to very simple steps actually. So although at the time it feels quite overwhelming, mm. fact when we took it back to the overall design of the program, yeah, what were the program learning outcomes? Mm. Or the face to face workshop, what element of the program learning outcomes? did the face-to-face -face workshops, usually in Cardiff, where did they fit? Yeah. And then once the decision was taken out of our hands and we knew there was no face-to-face -face teaching, we had to say, for those bits of the programme learning outcomes, 
can we talk, can we teach those face to face? And which, of course, the answer is yes. With Zoom, you can put people into breakout rooms. You can have a large debate. You can, in fact, do communication skills training. Although we had to be really clear that the communication skills training was in virtual and telephone communications, but actually, in the context of the pandemic, that's nobody else, in fact, was doing that. So that was quite a useful um, thing. That's to fairly do. relevant, no doubt. Absolutely, and I think that was the other that I'll perhaps talk about that a little bit later to make mm. it for, for, for clinicians. So just sort of thinking, thinking through the steps. The other thing that we thought was, okay, we don't, we have formative assessment as part of the face-to-face -face teaching, but we, we don't have summative assessment, which is quite a relief because um, mm. to that, that would have been quite a challenging thing, I think, to sure. in the quite short time frame because we might have needed to get it through all sorts of, quality approvals but we don't we have formative assessment for communication skills and that again we thought that we could do face to face so I think in, in a sense the quality markers for education programs are you can't just take your talks and put them online and say here you are we that doesn't work and if you look at all the models of e-learning for example Jilly Salmon's model of the five there's a sort of a five step model for scaffolding yeah you have to pay attention to detail. But so we started from what are the programme learning outcomes? What do we usually do and how can we achieve them? And once you've got those steps in place, then you can start to plan and divide up the work, etc. cetera. Um, I think the next question though, is the one that's crucial to successful, successful transition, if you like. And that's that business about what's synchronous learning and what's asynchronous learning. If we okay. are to gather together, you know, yeah. 50, 60 people on Zoom for three days. Yeah. What 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 do we do? What what can we do with them in that space? We can deliver webinars, we can have somebody talking at all 60, but yeah. achieve anything. Probably not. You know, there's no interaction. So that business of, of, of our learners interacting with the learning material, having the opportunity to ask questions, having the opportunity to reflect and to think, that, that, that's not there if you just have somebody talking at you. Mm. So, and, and we then thought, what, what do we need to deliver at the start of the year? And yeah. what actually could we deliver as the modules of the year go on? So, so it's very much... Again, it's paying attention to detail, really, every, every, every step of the way. Um, so an example of that would be that usually we've had lectures, for example, on pain control, on breathlessness, on yeah. vomiting. Um, we've had an ethical debate, um, an ethical panel discussion. But nausea and vomiting breathlessness come after Christmas in that module. So if we put okay. lectures in September but the module's not run until after Christmas. Perhaps could be set at a different time. Mm. Exactly. And if we put the ethical module runs from Easter to the end of the year, if we put the ethical debate in September, actually, is it too early? So in fact, were we better to concentrate on some of the core skills like critically appraising literature and some of the core topics for the, um, for the first module, which is about communication skills and pain management in year one as an example. 
Um, so it seems like this year really gave you an opportunity to reflect on, on how you were delivering your course and perhaps why. So I'd like to move on and ask you, what went well? Mm. I think, I think what you've just said went well. So mm. actually turning this round from that moment in June when you think, okay, we've got something <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Actually turning that around and say, right, this is an opportunity. Mm. Through a, a whole, went through a big um, course redesign and approval within the university, the three stage within the university. So we were confident that the pedagogic principles, if you like, of the course were were correct and were uh, yeah. recently reviewed. But yeah. there's a chance to review and reflect on what we needed to do for the face-to-face -face block, the That's design true. where it fits. That was really, really helpful and a, and a great opportunity. And once we'd, once we'd got our thinking around the opportunity, that was good. So that went, that went well. Yeah. We put a lot of work into working out actually how to use Zoom. We use Zoom as our platform mm. just because at the time it seemed to be the virtual platform that suited what we wanted it to do. So, for example, using the breakout room facility using the question and answer and the chat facility using the polls there mm. are lots of ways you could use zoom to do in to do interactive stuff and we just activity there yeah let's just use one you know rather than wondering which one to use let's Pick one. get to know <laughs> it and, and use it so actually the interactivity that that worked that worked better than we had dreamed. It took a bit of work on the breakout rooms. It actually took a number of practice sessions where we occasionally lost each other and couldn't come back or where we had four or five screens on different, you know, on, on, on my desk here, I had, I logged in with four different email addresses and oh had four screens. Gosh. But it, it, you know, there's a certain performance anxiety anyway before the mm. book. And it was desperately important that it went well. And so... Yeah be trialing it with students without having trialed it first that was just not on the cards we had to get it right so that went well and I would have to say the communication skills was was such an exciting and a reflective process for for all of us so we filmed material we ran small groups using the filmed material and then we ran small groups doing role play for telephone conversations and virtual conversations which as you so rightly say at the moment are are what many of us are doing for some of us. So the the engagement and the interactivity, despite not being in the same physical space, was really exciting, really exciting. There's some wonderfully positive experiences you shared there about, the, about this process. Um, mm. Do you think there was anything unexpected that you faced during, during this process? I, that's a really good question. I think... I think we we wondered whether we would lose people and people would just, you know, not log on or not engage. That didn't happen at all. So that that was really. Positive. I wonder what was driving that concern for you. I think I think it's that I think it's lack of control. If you've got okay. people if you're in a lecture theatre or if you're with them in a group in a small room in a small group. <laughs> You know, you you know when they're coming and going because they'll get yeah. up and walk out, or they'll say, "I'm sorry, I've had I have to go now." Whereas on a screen, they'll just disappear, and you know, connectivity 
Um, we wondered if connectivity would be an issue. For example, we've got students from Africa and we've got students from India and students from Russia and, yeah. and other places of the world as well. In fact, on occasion it was, but, but, but again, not as much as we had feared. Um, I think the, the other, the unexpected thing was we did year one first. And of course, year one has got no, no preconceived notions of who we are and what we do. Yeah. So got us as a blah. <laughs> We, we, had a, we had a great, we had a team meeting at the end of each day with the members of the academic team who'd been on the calls that day, where yeah. we brainstormed what went well, what do we need to do differently tomorrow? Because, you know, we were all And that, so that was really good and that was really positive in terms mm. of team. What we'd underestimated, though, of course, was this in years two and three. Yeah. Both of those student cohorts have been to Cardiff. Mm had that face-to-face experience and different experience already Mm. the year two students took took more warming up so so day one we had a kind of a a, an emergency meeting as an academic team at lunchtime and thought right it's going okay Mm -hmm. but it wasn't quite getting the same buzz and so in practice what that meant I was running the afternoon session is that I just worked harder I worked even harder at please use the chat function. You know, mm. what do you think? Let's just go into breakout rooms. What do you think? And I think we as a team learned that we need perhaps to explain to people who might be a little bit wary. We needed to mm. explain more, for example, what the function of the breakout rooms was. So we needed to be really clear in our instructions and yeah. thinking ahead perhaps to next year if we're going to have to do the same again, we'll have some people joining us for year two, perhaps who've had an interruption of study. I think our reflections are, we perhaps need to do some preparation work for them and to create some materials as a preparation for how to get the best out of a virtual teaching environment. Just, just, just so that it's, we didn't want it to feel like it was second best because we have Mm -hmm. option this year. You know, this this is how it was, and in fact, it is how it is, isn't it? This year, it is. Yeah, it is how it is, and it might be how it's got to be in September twenty twenty one, and possibly, possibly ahead. You know, if we find that the general student experience is just as good, yeah. Feedback we've had has been really positive. Some people actually found the interaction interactiveness on Zoom almost more welcoming. That's really interesting, isn't it? In a lecture theatre. So I think we've still got some thinking and reflecting to do. And of course, there's climate change. You know, it would be great for everybody to come to Cardiff when we can all travel. But but actually, is it right? Yeah. Lots to consider with, with global travel, isn't there? That's mm. interesting. It sounds like you've learned an awful lot over the last few months. And thank you so much for sharing those things with us what's what's this learning curve been like it's it's been it's been steep um, mm. it's been steep but it's been really exciting so i think mm. as an academic team we we've we've all had to go through this process together and mm. we all had to support each other running the sessions coping with a, an occasional i'd have to say it is only occasional technology glitches um, but actually, it's 
been really exciting. I think I have I have a real fear of courses that have been running for a long time. Mm. I was involved in running this course between 1998 and 2006. Um, I have a real fear that we get we we get used to doing things and we stop being creative and we stop being innovative. I don't think we were, but there's no yeah. doubt that actually learning a new way of doing things. Yeah. Potentially student numbers may go up mm. if people don't feel they have to travel to Cardiff. Um, it might be more appealing. It might be more appealing to be able to do it virtually. You know, we know for a fact, certainly attending CPD events has yeah. been, in a way, perhaps the second half of the year, not the first half of the year, when you don't yeah. travel to London or to Nottingham or to Newcastle, much as I love going away. Oh, of course. It's much simpler when you can find your time and get onto the computer. However, I think there is also something about being in the right frame of mind to not only deliver, but also to be a participant and and you have to be in the right space it's not it's not you you can't do it if you're multitasking you can't with one screen and you're answering emails and you're with half an ear you're listening to what's going on that's that's frankly quite difficult as a presenter and as a presenter you kind of get the feeling as to who's doing that and who isn't doing that and it's quite difficult as a delegate as well because you can't you, <laughs> you're not quite in the right space so exactly so we've learned we've learned that just because it's on a screen doesn't mean that it's easy it's the easy option you, you 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 have to concentrate and the other interesting thing delivering is that i found just occasionally recently actually not doing the face-to-face -face teaching but delivering webinars yeah. and just occasionally that i've had people in the room with me listening appropriately socially distanced of course hmm. I've been talking to the camera but also conscious that there are people in the room with me okay that that just felt a bit awkward it won't now because top tip I think you just warn the people in the room I'm delivering this on camera to people from all over potentially yeah. all over the world so my focus is on the camera but I know you're there. <laughs> I am aware you're here, but I'm delivering it to the screen. Yes. And I think and I think and I think probably the other thing I would do if I had people in the room and people on the camera is to project my screen onto a wall in the meeting room wherever we were. Mm. That the people in the room can see the virtual experience at the same time but as you then. As a presenter, you have to engage with the camera. It's like on TV, you, you have to engage with the camera to, to bring people in and you have to, as a presenter, um, work on your style. You want people to want to listen to you. Of course. So there is something about the voice, the energy. Yeah. That's really important if they've got somebody who just delivers a talk a bit like this or who delivers a talk and looks down and is not looking at the screen, you'll lose people. They'll, they'll go. So, so actually, that's a, that's another skill that's been quite exciting to 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 help people develop. It's developing your educational skills for the virtual environment rather than just face to face as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing those insights um, into transitioning um, a course online. Um, it sounds as if you really took home the message about the kind of attention to detail really helping with designing and transitioning a course online um, and actually just thinking about your educational delivery in real focus and in real fine detail was was key to to this successful transition mm -hmm. and, and and we know it has been successful we've we've had 
as, as, as you know, Sean, we've, we've evaluated and mm. evaluation and found interesting things. You know, the technology generally didn't get in the way um, and people are still using the concepts. So, so there's work ongoing on that. So that'll be next year's podcast when we've, when we've analysed it all a little bit more. Something very much to look forward to everyone, for everyone, I'm sure. So thank you. Thank you ever so much for, for your time today. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. All right.